The Jones Report postgame report is coming up in just a few moments. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends at No Coast Lids, a hat brand based out of Lawrence, Kansas, a company that embraces Midwestern values such as hard work, having fun, and treating everyone the right way. Their signature hats include the Kansas Sunrise, the Kansas Thunderstorm, the No Coast Freedom, and many more. Each hat is specifically represented with wheat, windmills, buffalo, and storm clouds, which showcase the heart of Kansas. The four colors found in all designs display the four seasons we have. Green for spring, blue for summer, red for fall, and white for winter. Kansas Sunrise hoodies are also coming soon. All products can be found with pictures and pricing on No Coast Lids Facebook page in the shops section. Hat styles available include truckers, fitted, beanies, and visors. Visit No Coast Lids on Facebook. Tell them that Tyler Jones sent you, and you'll be glad you did. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. It is episode three of the Jones Report postgame report, as we'll look back at the weekend that was in the National Football League and in college football. Also, get you set with some final thoughts before the Chiefs take on the Ravens on Monday Night Football. We will get to the question that we start every Monday show with, what did we learn in just a moment, but first, I do want to tell you about the uh, weekend I had. You may notice this sounds a little bit different audio-wise as we are back in the Lawrence studio after I had a week off from the day job at uh, Kel WN at Lawrence. Uh, the morning show went down, saw the folks in uh, Oklahoma for a few days, and nice to relax and keep it easy. Still did this show, of course. Uh, but uh, good to be back in the radio saddle once again. But uh, yesterday, in particular, right before the NFL games got going, I got the chance to get some golf in. And uh, I golfed a couple times, actually, my week off. Played some night golf in uh, Tulsa at La Fortune. That's the first time I've played at night. That was a lot of fun. Par 3 course, lights and everything. Didn't lose any golf balls. So that's always a plus. Uh, especially with uh, it being as dark as it was. But what I did yesterday uh, was in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, for a fundraiser for a a kid named Logan Cochran who uh, has these medical expenses that uh, they're looking for help that they need to get covered and such. And uh, so what we did was we had this uh, golf tournament that uh, this gal Janet Moreland put together. Myself and Thomas Bridges uh, both participated and we played alongside some OU and OSU legends. And uh, my team was myself and Thomas. We were paired with a former OSU quarterback, Ronnie Williams. And uh, Melvin Gillum Sr. was our team. Man, were those guys a riot and a lot of fun. And uh, we performed well, didn't win, but we scored a 61. So nothing to hang our hats on about. Came away feeling very good and glad to do it for a good cause. And those guys had some stories to tell. Oh, my gosh. Um, and they specifically said, like, hey, you know, we did these things at OSU, but don't go telling the folks out there that we did those things. So we'll keep that between me and them. Uh, but a lot of fun, great fundraiser for uh, Logan, and uh, glad that we can help him out and uh, be of support of sorts there and, uh, and a uh, fun event nonetheless there in Bartlesville. And uh, so I want to shout out Janet and 
Brother Oog's Barbecue and all that for uh, putting that on and uh, doing so for a great cause this uh, past weekend. Uh, certainly had a, a great time out there in Bortlesville on uh, Sunday. But uh, nonetheless, this uh, NFL weekend was uh, fantastic. And we got a big game tonight that I, I promise we'll get to in just a second on the uh, Chiefs and the Ravens. But the question to start the show today, as always, what did we learn from this past weekend? And the thing that I learned from this past weekend, folks, last week we talked about how there's so much attention on COVID-19 that injuries still exist and still happen. Well, one thing I think COVID brought about, too, that we really saw this weekend in uh, college football was that you're more likely to get upsets than you were before, I think, in particular on the college side of things. Uh, With the limited practice time, one thing that you've seen, too, is the big difference between teams that played week one and then the following week when they played week two. And there was just some big upsets right in the top ten in college football this past weekend. Number three, Oklahoma Falls to K-State, 38-35. to If you recall, K-State lost to Arkansas State at home just a couple weeks ago. But you got the practices in, and K-State looked like a much better, much more polished team. Spencer Rattler in his first start against a Power 5 team. And he started out well for the Sooners, but ultimately threw three interceptions. And the K-State defense took advantage of that. They played much better than they did against Arkansas State a couple weeks ago. And I I have to think that between this and the way Oklahoma State performed against Tulsa, Texas wasn't very impressive, barely beating Texas Tech in overtime. Um, a Texas Tech team that barely beat Houston Baptist a couple weeks ago. It's hard to imagine the Big 12 getting in the college football playoff at this point, even just after two weeks of the regular season, the Big 12 Conference. Things are looking pretty brutal for this league right now. And Oklahoma was the more talented team. No one's going to argue that. But they, they weren't ready for this game. They didn't take this game seriously enough. You're up by, what was it, 35-14? And they opened the door. And sure enough, it was the OU defense, once again, that struggled. I feel like we have this discussion every single year about Oklahoma, how bad that defense is and continues to let things down. And I would say this for Lincoln Riley and those Sooners, where they need to adjust is that there's no way that they lack talent on that defense, which is as much as they recruit and the guys that they bring in there in Norman every single year. What Lincoln Riley and OU need to do is they need to learn ball control, game management football, in the sense of, hey, you know, put up a lot of points and score quickly. Do your thing in that first half. But when you got that lead in the second half, why aren't you protecting the clock and running the football? Why do you continue to do that spread offense and make your defense be out on the field so much? Lincoln Riley is a great coach, one of the best in the country. But he still needs to figure this out. That will help his defense a lot and make them look not nearly as bad as what they do. A big loss for the Sooners. Texas barely survives against Texas Tech. And then the defending national champions, LSU. They lose at home to Mississippi State in that air raid scheme. And I know LSU was missing a lot of guys. Stingley, who's 
arguably the best player in college football. Uh, they announced last minute that he wasn't going to be able to give it a go. But uh, K.J. Costello, the former Stanford quarterback, all of a sudden looks like a Heisman candidate after his 623-yard performance against LSU, the most yards ever given up by LSU in their program history. Um, what a performance. And LSU's got so many holes. Uh, you know, they lost, I believe it, what it was, of the guys on the field for LSU on Saturday. There was only three starters from last year's national championship squad. It is a rebuilding year of LSU to the core. They were so stacked and loaded everywhere last year. It's going to take time. LSU, uh, I think you're going to see quite the slip this season. Uh, that's one loss. I would expect at least two more, maybe three more with this LSU team. But I think timing-wise, Mississippi State and K-State, these guys are glad they got LSU and Oklahoma when they did, that they took advantage of LSU and OU, teams that were loaded last year with veteran talent trying to adapt and to fall off of you know that they're not going to be the same teams later this season. LSU will get better. Oklahoma will get better. Texas will get better. These teams that lost, these big dogs, will be different teams later on. And so that's where the the what I learned this week lesson uh, reminded, yeah, hey, this COVID stuff, these teams that may have a lot of talent but inexperience, this practice time, this lack thereof, and you know the, the lack of offseason really hurt these guys. Uh, as you could tell in week one based on their performances of some of these uh, top-notch teams in college football on that front. With that being said, uh, we'll talk more college football coming up later on in the show, but I do need to talk about the National Football League. And the big game tonight, Chiefs and Ravens, Baltimore a three-and-a-half-point favorite. We picked this game on Thursday's show. I like the Chiefs tonight to take care of business on the road. And this is the future of the National Football League, folks. It's Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. These are the two top quarterbacks in the league. These are the top two teams in the league. First time ever that you've had a matchup of two former MVPs at the ages of 25 and younger. Just unbelievable. And I know that a lot of people would like to see Deshaun Watson be that next guy, but right now it's these two that are leading the charge. And I would say that there's more pressure on the Ravens than there is the Chiefs. And this game probably means more to the Ravens than it does the Chiefs. The Chiefs, they've been there, done that. They've beaten the Ravens with Mahomes two years in a row. They've won playoff games. They've won a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson, as good as he's been, the big thing right now that folks are looking for, you haven't beaten the Chiefs. And you haven't won a playoff game yet. They have something to prove. They have a hump still to get over. At the end of the day, this is not the end of the world for either one of these teams if they lose this game, but certainly momentum and confidence and making things easier on yourselves later on will mean a lot here. Think about this. These two teams are battling for home field advantage in the AFC. With playing a head-to-head matchup between these two, let's say that you have a one-game difference between, uh, you know, first and second here in the AFC. Realistically, that's like a two-game lead that you get if you're the winner of this game, if the home field race comes down to these two because of that head-to-head tiebreaker that you have. And this new playoff format 
Seven teams make the con- make the postseason out of each conference. Only one team gets a bye week. So that one seed is now more important than ever before. And you get this one, essentially jump out to a two-game lead. If it's between these two teams, that's where this is important. The Super Bowl's not won tonight. But you do make things a lot easier on yourselves uh, in this matchup. Mike Pinnell's back for the Chiefs. That's huge. They'll certainly need him as that defensive line did not play well against the Chargers last week. Um, The offensive line for the Chiefs struggled, but they're not going up against Joey Bosa in that bunch. I feel better for Patrick that he's not going to take those hits that he took last week. Things are going to be better there. What I am concerned about with the Chiefs is that backside secondary. Um, You look at, you know, Snead played well, but, you know, the injuries to Ward and, you know, Bashad Breeland is still suspended and such. Lamar Jackson has been throwing the football down the field better than he has his entire career at this point through two games of the regular season, granted. Um, and he's staying more in the pocket. He looks like a better passer than what he's been before. He could, if he really can figure out throwing the football down the field, he could expose some weaknesses in this Chiefs defense. Tyron Matthews is going to need to have a big game tonight for the Chiefs uh, to really uh, – you know, distract, you know, help out that that secondary um, and make things difficult on Lamar. I would keep Tyron on Lamar just all night long. Just follow where he goes, whether he runs or throws it. Just have him read the quarterback's eyes all night. That's going to be a big key. Tyron's going to need to play well if the Chiefs are going to win this evening. And then for the Chiefs on offense going up against this uh, Baltimore bunch, I think that the Chiefs need to play – their style of football that we know and love of, you know, airing it out all day long, running a quick offense, throwing the football down in the field. That's what we need to see from the Chiefs because this is going to be a shootout. And so put up a lot of points. Don't hold back. Um, That's what I want to see from the Chiefs is that offense show up. The offense that we saw in the playoffs last year, not the, you know, conservative short passing game. Uh, run the football team that we saw the first two weeks of this regular season. Put put on the burners. Uh, you know, don't don't hold back. That's what I want to see from the Chiefs is that type of performance. And I would be very careful of Marcus Peters. Um, Marcus Peters and the Chiefs had a nasty breakup. That's no secret how that all went down. And Marcus Peters is still on his way to being a Hall of Fame cornerback one day. And was a great addition for the Ravens' defense when they got him from the L.A. Rams. Um, We're going to see Marcus Peters take this game personally. And you saw that when he faced the Chiefs back in 2018 against the Rams. He picked off Patrick Mahomes. And that very well may be the the difference in the ball game. Tonight, if I'm the Chiefs offensively, um, just be very careful. If you're Patrick of what Marcus Peters can do, um, you know, who he's covering and such, That's uh, that would be something I'd be very careful about. But on the other side of that, too, is that Marcus Peters, when he's not getting interceptions, he's giving up big plays. That was his big knock in Kansas City. One of the big reasons why they moved on, besides the locker room issues, were what he would give up down the field. So be wary of Marcus Peters, but know that there could be some opportunities there as well. So that's what I'd watch for. The, the Ravens need Marcus Peters to have a big game. So those are the two, besides the obvious of 
you know, Mahomes and Jackson, and we talked about the kicking game, two best kickers in the league. We talked about that on Thursday's show between Butker and uh, uh, Justin Tucker. Look out for Tyron Matthew and Marcus Peters. Both those guys need to have big nights for their teams for a shot to win. But should be a lot of fun. Chiefs and Ravens, Monday night in Baltimore. Uh, Chiefs, a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Looking back at the other games in the NFL this past week, uh, Thursday night football, the Dolphins had a nice win over the Jags, 31-13. to Fitzmagic, he had a really good game for the Dolphins, going 18-20 of 20 for 160 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the Dolphins, I'm telling you, that is a team that – uh, has a lot of talent for the future of what's to come. The Jags are a mess right now. Uh, the Dolphins aren't making the postseason by any means, but Brian Flores and company, I like what that bunch is putting together. Nice, impressive win there over the Jags on Thursday night. Sunday action, the Steelers beat the Texans 28-21. to uh, Steelers got off to a bit of a slow start in this one, but ultimately they imposed their will on this Texans team and uh, we're, we're just the better football team. Big Ben played well, going 23 of 36, 237 yards and two touchdowns. James Conner ran the ball well for over 100 yards on the ground. That's what they need is James Conner to step up, and they got exactly that. And uh, Bill O'Brien, I've been telling you that I think he's going to get fired this year from the Texans. That 0-3 start certainly does not help his cause of why he should keep that job. Good start for Pittsburgh and a rough start for the Houston Texans there. The Bears beat the Falcons 32-26. Uh, the Falcons, uh, this is another guy that I've been telling you is going to be without a job this year. Dan Quinn, they had no business collapsing and losing this game, but the Falcons, had they choked more than anyone else in this league. They're professional choke artists, and they gave up 20 points in the fourth quarter to Nick Foles. Trubisky finally got benched. We all knew this day was coming, and Nick Foles went off. 16-29, three touchdowns. He threw a pick, but Nick Foles became the savior for the Bears. And this Bears team has talent. They just did not have the right quarterback. And Mitch played pretty decent the first couple weeks of the year. But from that second half of the Giants game on, he just really struggled, hit a wall. It was that Mitch Trubisky that we know who he is. Um, the Bears are 3-0, and but you got to think that Foles is their quarterback going forward. You don't make this decision – just to save one game. You know this is what you're going to do for the rest of the time being. Foles is the guy. Pretty ironic, too, that the Bears passed on Mahomes to get Trubisky, and now they go with the Chiefs' former backup quarterback to be their savior of sorts. The Bears are 3-0. I still don't think they're that great of a team by any means. They've had an easy schedule these first couple of weeks. Um, you know, I don't expect them to go anywhere, but the Falcons – I don't know how Dan Quinn is going to make it to week eight right now uh, after the collapses they've given up at this point and how bad they're playing. Uh, you could argue that the Falcons should have at least two wins by now. The Bills, uh, they beat the Rams 35-32, and the Bills almost collapsed in this game as they had a big lead. They were up 28-3 at half. Rams came charging back, took the lead in the fourth quarter, but ultimately Josh Allen led – a uh, come-from-behind touchdown drive. There was a little controversial pass interference call at the end of the game there, but no one's benefited more from pass interference non-calls or, or whatnot than the Rams have. So even if it wasn't a great call of sorts, you know, 
you know what they say about karma, right? Josh Allen, the Bills won because of Josh Allen, not in spite of Josh Allen. And that's a good sign for his maturation as a quarterback in this league. Four touchdowns, 311 yards. The Rams are fine. They're going to be okay. This is not a bad loss, especially the comeback effort and everything. I'm not worried about the Rams. I really like what the Bills are doing. Great start for them at 3-0 and to begin their 2020 campaign. Other games across the league, the Browns beat Washington 34-20, to and uh, a good showing from the Browns' offense. Uh, Kevin Skafanski, their new head coach, uh, has really found a way to get this run game going, that nice one-two punch with Chubb and Hunt. Uh, Baker played well with uh, two touchdowns. I like what the Browns are doing offensively. They've cleaned up a bit from what they were a year ago uh, already at this point, and uh, the defense was a decent as well. Titans beat the Vikings 31-30. to The Titans are 3-0 and this season. The Vikings, Mike Zimmer, that hot seat is turned on now as they start 0-3. And this team on paper looked like talent-wise, the Vikings were one of the favorites to win their division. Now their, their, their postseason hopes are pretty much done at this point. Two picks from Kirk Cousins. He's looked awful to start out this year. They had a good run game from Dalvin Cook. They led for most of this game. The Titans came back in the second half, over 300 yards from Tannehill. Derrick Henry was a beast with 119 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. I think Henry is the best running back in the league right now. Titans are looking good. They've picked up from where they left off in the playoffs last year. 3-0 start. Um, I really like what Tennessee is doing, and Frable is a hell of a coach. Another good showing again. Patriots beat the Raiders 36-20, to and we wondered how well the Patriots would adapt to Cam Newton in losing, what was it, seven or eight guys to opting out of the season with COVID. But Bill Belichick, he's the greatest for a reason. He finds a way. And they had a great run game with Sonny Michelle and Burkhead and company, and Cam played good enough, not a great performance, but good enough with 162 yards through the air, a touchdown and interception. Uh, the defense, uh, you know, they gave up some passing yards to Derek Carr, but for the most part kind of contained the run game for the uh, for Vegas. I liked what the Patriots have done. They're 2-1. and one. They're looking real good. And uh, any concern you've had about the Patriots, how much they would slip, well, I think the Patriots are going to be just fine. They're still a playoff contender. And uh, now the question becomes, who won the divorce between Brady and Belichick? That still remains to be unseen. We'll get to the Bucks in just a moment, as they had a good win yesterday as well. Niners beat the Giants. Niners had a lot of injuries going into this game, but still managed to have a great showing uh, with a 36-9 win. Nick Mullins got the started quarterback with Garoppolo out. He played just fine with over 300 yards. Uh, run game wasn't great for San Francisco, but they did enough, and the Giants are just so bad uh, football in New York, New Jersey as a whole is just terrible. Daniel Jones, not a good showing for him there with the Giants as uh, the Niners uh, keep their playoff hopes alive despite the injuries with uh, a, a good win there. A tie between the Bengals and the Eagles at 23. And the Eagles have yet to win a game this year. They're now 0-2-1. I did not like the decision from Doug Peterson to not go for it on fourth down or kick a field goal, whatever it may be, to win that game, to play for the tie, that uh, you have basically no balls if you're not going to go for a win in those situations. I don't have respect for that. 
I like Doug. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach, but uh, that's a terrible decision. Wentz struggled again, two picks. Um, you know, if you're the Bengals, you're pretty pleased with a tie. Uh, it, it feels like even though it was a tie, this feels like a win for the Bengals and a loss for the Eagles. Joe Burrow played well, another 300-yard performance, two touchdowns. But the Eagles are just a flying mess right now. They've got a lot to figure out. Um, the Bengals, they they have Joe, Joe Burrow looking like he's going to be rookie of the year or a contender for it anyway. You know you have your quarterback uh, compared to the Eagles who are still just a mess right now. The, the Bengals feel much better about themselves, hang their heads up higher than the Eagles do after that performance. Colts beat the Jets 36-7. The Jets are just a dumpster fire. Uh, you know, the, the Colts have found their running back in Jonathan Taylor, 13 carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Phillip Rivers played decent. Um, the Colts, maybe they compete for a wild card. I don't think they're better than Tennessee, but a nice win nonetheless, and uh, the Jets are in big trouble. Panthers beat the Chargers. I thought that after Justin Herbert's performance last week that they would go to win back-to-back. He played well, 35-49 of over 300 yards, but didn't have much help beyond that. Uh, they, they couldn't quite punch it in, get the scores that they wanted. Teddy played well for Carolina. They're 1-2. and two. Carolina was a team that was believed to be tanking of some sorts. But they've been competitive uh, in their first three weeks of the season. Lions beat the Cardinals, first loss of the year for Arizona. Although Arizona was favored in this game, I think with them beating that healthy San Francisco team week one, having that big performance against Washington, they were due for a letdown. So uh, not surprising, I would say, for Arizona. Kyler Murray had one of the worst games of his career, three interceptions, and uh, you know, they'll bounce back. I'm not worried about Arizona. Uh, you know, it happens. Good game out of Stafford and company. The Lions, they were desperate. They were 0-2, needing to win. They got it. So uh, the Lions, you know, they'll, they'll move on and try to, you know, continue that momentum from there. But the Cardinals, I'm not overly concerned with that loss. Uh, it was a bad day, and, and uh, they were due for a letdown of some sort. It's not the end of the world. Sunday afternoon, the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Man, the Seahawks have been playing some really fun football here to start the season. Russell Wilson would be the week three month of September MVP as he set the record for most touchdowns in the first three weeks of a season ever as he had five touchdowns uh, for the Seahawks yesterday. 315 yards. Russell Wilson is playing the best football of his career right now. And, you know, we have the last two MVPs going head-to-head tonight between Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Watch out for Russell Wilson, folks. Russell, you don't want to sleep on what Russ is doing. Uh, He'll be right up there competing for the MVP with these two. He's been great, and they've needed him to be. They've needed all these points in these games they've played. Their defense, even with adding Jamal Adams and company, has still not been great, although Shaquille Griffin had a nice showing with uh, 11 tackles there. Dak, too many mistakes, two interceptions, close to 500 yards. Uh, Cowboys could have won this game, but Dak kind of got in their way. They never really established the run either. I like that Seattle team as uh, they currently sit at a 3-0 on the season. Uh, they could be a, a dangerous uh, ball team. Uh, we mentioned the divorce between Brady and Belichick. Brady had a really nice outing against the Broncos. The Broncos are depleted. They're missing a lot of guys right now, but Brady still played great. Uh, 25 of 38, 297 yards, three touchdowns. 
That's why they brought in Tom Brady and let go of Jameis Winston. That's the Tom Brady they've been looking for. He found you know Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard and Scotty Miller and those guys. The run game wasn't great, but Tom Brady came through, pulled away with that game. That's why you bring in Tom Brady. Broncos got a lot of problems at 0-3. They're really just banged up. There was really no hope for them of contending with Tampa, even in a home game like that. Tampa was just too much. And then on Sunday night football, the Packers beat the Saints 37-30. to And here's two quarterbacks in Breeze and Rodgers that have been told, hey, they're too old, they've lost it, and you know what? They both put on a show. Breeze was not the reason why the Saints lost last night. Uh, both these guys were without their top receivers, did not have Devontae Adams for Green Bay, didn't have for New Orleans their star receiver, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Michael Thomas did not play. But yet, Breeze and Rodgers still played great. Breeze with 288 yards, three touchdowns. Rodgers with nearly identical numbers, 283 yards and three touchdowns. Um, you know, the the when I look at this game, these two teams just came down to defense, and the Packers were slightly better defensively than the Saints were. Um, and, uh, you know, the Saints, they may be one and two. I'm not concerned about the Saints. Drew Brees is going to be fine. You're going to get Michael Thomas back. This team is still going to contend for the playoffs. Maybe they're not as good as what they were a year ago. I don't know, but they're going to be okay. The Packers look like the best team, one of the best teams in the NFC. Them and Seattle were 1-2 right now with that 3-0 record. And uh, just a lot of fun for what the Packers have done so far to open up the 2020 season. Now, back to the college football side of things. Um, as uh, I promised that we would touch on before the end of today's show, besides just the what we learned segments. And uh, looking at the Big 12 Conference, we mentioned OU's loss to K-State, inexcusable. For K-State, though, the Cats are coming away from this game with a whole new agenda. I mean, there was a lot of folks calling for Skylar Thompson to be benched. Heck, I was one of them. Uh, you know, I, I like Will Howard. I think that he's got a bright future at K-State, and Skyler Thompson just seemed like he wasn't doing enough. Skyler Thompson flipped on a switch for K-State. That's the Skyler Thompson they were looking for. Um, I'm impressed with what he did against OU. If he plays like that all the time, there's no quarterback issues whatsoever. The offense is good. K-State's got a defense problem, though, um, that they need to figure out if this team's going to do anything the rest of the way. Oklahoma – they got problems. It's very clear. Uh, but they could still contend for the Big 12 title. Um, you know, OU's really good about bouncing back. And they got a good head coach. They just have things to work on and figure out uh, as far as that goes with that Oklahoma team. And this Big 12 race, there's no clear favorite in this league. This league is just a mess, and it's not very good uh, as far as that goes with uh, OU and the rest of the league right now. Oklahoma State beats West Virginia. Uh, you know, Illingworth got the start as uh, Spencer Sanders wasn't quite ready to give it a go. He was okay. He had an interception. He was 15-21. But the run game, L.D. Brown and Chuba Hubbard, they might be as good of a one-two punch as anybody in college football. West Virginia, you know, second year for Neil Brown, he's got a lot of work to do. They just lack talent, but they're well coached. And, you know, I think that they made the most of what they could with that talent that they have. You know, Jared Daigie's a decent quarterback, but just – not a whole lot of help from that West Virginia team. Um, but Oklahoma State, maybe they're the favorites in the Big 12. you got to think once they get Spencer Sanders back, they're going to be a much better team than what they've presented so far at this point. 
Baylor beats my, my Kansas Jayhawks very badly. What a surprise that Jalen Daniels got the start. I thought it would be Miles Kendrick. He was the only quarterback that played on Saturday night. And we were saying, we've been saying this on radio and on this show and such, that Jalen Daniels, you might as well give him a shot to be the guy for KU. Um, and the reason why is that Miles Kendrick and Thomas McVitie, although Kendrick's better than McVitie, neither one of them have star potential of some sorts here. They're, they're both going to be game managers at best. You don't know what you have in Jalen Daniels. And you you recruited him for this system. You know what's on tape and the potential that, that he brings to the table. Why not go ahead and give this freshman a start, especially in a year that does not count against eligibility? Daniels played okay. He had a nice you know, couple drives there. Um, KU should have gone up 14 nothing to begin this game. It would have been a much different ball game, I think, if they would have completed that second drive. Puka, you saw a little bit of the Puka uh, that we know and love with that big touchdown to open up the game. But after that, yes, he had two touchdowns, and Velton Gardner had 70 yards himself. But Baylor kind of contained Puka for the most part uh, after that touchdown drive. Charlie Brewer, Brian Haney made a point in my radio show last week the voice of the Jayhawks, Brewer is kind of the guy that KU wishes that they had. A guy that you know every single week is going to give you a chance at victory. And he wasn't asked to do a whole lot, uh, just 142 yards through the air. But he ran the offense and ran it to perfection. Good performance from Dave Aranda in his debut. And they looked like they picked up right from where they left off last season, despite the coaching change and and everything there, that Baylor team looks solid in their win against Kansas on a Saturday night. Texas beats Texas Tech in overtime. Texas Tech had no business losing this game to UT. They were up two scores with three minutes to go and ultimately just gave this one away to Texas with that 63-56 loss in overtime. Texas, they came through. I mean – you got to find ways to win. I don't think that Texas is that good of a ball team, um, you know, based on this performance. You know, the it's been 10 years, and Texas still isn't back by any means. Um, they got a ways to go. That defense looked awful. Um, you know, they, they, they had some turnovers. Give them credit. They picked off Allen Bowman three times, but they just gave up a ton of yards and a ton of points. Um, you know, Texas – I think them, along with Oklahoma State, are the favorites in the Big 12, but I still need to see a lot more from this Texas team. Sam Ellinger, um, it, it's like that he's on an island of sorts. We've talked about it with some of these other teams, you know, in both the NFL and college football that need help. Ellinger did his part with five touchdowns through the air, but that defense did not do him any favors. Texas um, – you know, we'll see what they put together. I'm still skeptical before I jump on any train with Texas. Um, but you know what? You, you found a way to win. You scored points. And that's what you got to do in this league. On Texas Tech's end of things, Alan Bowman, um, he's a good quarterback. He threw five touchdowns. Uh, but there's just no excuse for the way that they fell apart there down the end. Uh, and I blame their defense for that and, and such. I mean – uh, Texas Tech right now, they should have had that win, and they're thinking to themselves, they should have beaten Texas, and they should have beaten Houston Baptist by a lot more. A lot of that comes down to coaching. Matt Wells, uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll see. The jury's still out on him, but he certainly got work to do for those Red Raiders. Iowa State beats TCU 37-34. to Nice bounce back for, T- for uh, Iowa State after that loss they suffered against Louisiana Lafayette a couple weeks ago. Uh, Brock Purdy still didn't play that great, though. Just 211 yards and one touchdown. I expected more from him. Their run game was fantastic with Brees Hall having 155 yards on the ground and three touchdown scores. Um, maybe they're going to be a priority run game football team, Iowa State, because uh, they're all, they're passing in with Purdy, who is projected first-round pick, has looked far from that in these last two weeks. Uh, their run game, though, if, they're, if Brees Hall can play like that, keep doing that. Uh, Dugan for TCU, we wondered if he'd even play this year. He looked fine with uh, close to 250 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw a pick. We did see uh, a lot of Matthew Downing as well. I don't know what that quarterback situation looks like for TCU going forward, um, but you know you, you had a, a good showing on offense, and that's what we wonder with TCU. The defense is going to be fine. Um, but what's that offense going to look like? And the offense was okay, even though they lost uh, as far as that goes. So there you have it. That is uh, your breakdown here on the Jones Report this week, looking back at the week that was in the NFL and in college football. And then uh, NBA Finals, by the way. How about that? The Heat pulling it off against the Celtics. The Heat were down in the fourth quarter and came back. And now you got an NBA Finals between the Lakers and the Celtics, or in the uh, Heat, rather. And uh, the Lakers, I think what you need to see from the Lakers in this NBA Finals is Anthony Davis has to be able to take over. You know that you're going to get great outings from LeBron, that LeBron's going to show up and get you close to 30 points every night and going to do it all rebounding and getting the assists and all the stuff that LeBron does well. But Anthony Davis needs to be their number one option and needs to be able to take over when called upon. Um, and they need their three-point shooting. Look at the Heat, what they've done. That team, paper says, has no business being in the NBA Finals. But you know what? The paper lies. They shoot the ball really well. Uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, those guys pick up a lot of the load for that team with Jimmy Butler and company. Um, Don't sleep on the Heat. They've already beaten the Bucs. They've gone through the Celtics. The Heat could very well beat the Lakers. That is not that would not be a surprise at this point in time. Um, what I would say, that's what could make the difference in this series. If the Heat are going to win, it's going to be because of three-point shooting. The Lakers need to have Danny Green and some of their three-point shooters really step up uh, to compete with this Miami Heat team. That's going to be the key is uh, for the Lakers, uh, if they want to go toe-to-toe with this Heat team, their three-point shooting is going to have to show up. I ultimately like the Lakers in this series. I think they win in about six games, but I don't say that with any confidence of some sorts. I think they're the more talented team, um, but Spolstra and the job he's done with the Heat uh, is just impressive in this playoff run. Uh, and and one more thing. We'll, we'll end the show on this. Jimmy Butler. There's been a lot of critics about Jimmy Butler over the years, right, Uh, of what he's done in his time in the NBA. People have looked at Jimmy Butler and said, you know, hey, it didn't work out in Chicago, didn't work out in Philly, he's a bad teammate, this or that, he can't lead a team. I mean, about everything critical has been possibly said about Jimmy Butler. But he goes down to Miami, and he's doing his own thing. And he's leading the charge down there with these young guys, and they're playing great team basketball. They're playing together as a unit 
and a big part of it is because of what Jimmy Butler brings to the table. So, Jimmy, uh, no matter what happens in this NBA Finals, all the critics need to just shut up and praise uh, Jimmy Butler for a bit for putting this together, for putting this team on his back and playing great team basketball and being a leader despite what people said about him. Jimmy Butler's misunderstood. and He, he deserves recognition for the job that he's done in helping put together this NBA Finals team for the Miami Heat. That does it for the Jones Report today. And uh, be sure to be back here on Thursday. We'll have our normal show, the full uh, two-hour-plus edition of the Jones Report uh, with our weekly picks against the spread presented by O'Connor Advisory Group and Tom Fullery and all that great stuff. Thomas Bridges will also rejoin me on Thursday's show as well. And we will see you then. Hope you have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. And uh, enjoy that Chiefs game against the Ravens tonight. Uh, I like the Chiefs, but I think that we're in for a treat. This is going to be a classic uh, this evening, and we'll see you on the other side. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Make sure to subscribe to The Jones Report on Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. Leave us a five-star review. Follow me on Twitter at Tyler Jones Live, Facebook as well, Tyler Jones Live, and Instagram. Jones underscore report on Instagram, Twitter at TJ Media Group, and uh, Facebook, Tyler Jones Media Group as well. This has been another edition of the Jones Report. I'm Tyler Jones saying so long. I'll see you on Thursday.